I actually call them all by their last names, except for Ringo. I don't know his last name. Still, you don't know his last name. <laughs> Is his last name Ringo? She's not a girl who misses much. Welcome to Happiness is a Warm Mic, a show about someone who has never heard the Beatles before. I'm your host, Raja Shah. With me here is Katrina Sostek, subject of our show. Hi, Katrina. And also a special guest this time around, Jeff Bartelma. Hi, Jeff. Hi, privileged to be here. Thanks. So you, you corrected me last time, Katrina. Uh, it's not that you've never heard the Beatles before. That's I guess, right. But you know very little about them. You'd never heard the White Album before, for example, with the impetus for us being here today. Yeah, and I don't know that much about the different Beatles except for what I've made up in my head and like scraps of things I've found out. And it's becoming hard to not find out things because I've immersed myself completely for three weeks in the White Album. And I want to know more. I know there's a lot of material out there about the Beatles. I know like whenever I bring up the Beatles, people are like start talking about them, dropping knowledge, and I have to tell them to shut up. Um, someone told me this week his mother-in-law made a paper mache bust of George Harrison's head once. <laughs> to greet the Beatles when they arrived at an airport in the Midwest. Anyway, it's becoming difficult to not learn more about the Beatles because everyone else seems to know so much. Right. And actually, so to recap, how we ended up here in the first place is that you, Jeff, and I have known each other for quite some time. It came out maybe about a year ago that you didn't know a whole lot about the Beatles. Jeff and I kind of advised you a little bit, offered some suggestions of where to start that's right. And can I interject with a uh, very minor point? Yeah, please do. When we talked about this last time, you said this happened after we'd seen a show. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, we were at this bar. And I specifically said which bar and then bragged about how good my memory is. Um, it turns out we were both right. I checked my records. Um, we went to that bar after the show. I, I just want to clear up that disagreement. I know it was like causing a rift between us. I feel like the show already has enough tinges of mansplaining that I didn't want to correct the record <laughs> at that particular point. But we, I was right. And I named the correct bar. Uh-huh. It just happened Which to be after a show. The Residence. It was after the Jessica oh, well, Pratt show oh, okay. at the Swedish yeah. American Hall. There you go. So yes. you hadn't listened to much of the Beatles, certainly not the White Album. Um, Jeff and I took an interest in... I asked for help. You guys were not being jerks at all. There you Raja go. Raja has like, is worried about this. I just wanted this. to try and help you with this aberrant behavior. Just try <laughs> to get it straightened out just a little bit. Thank you. And yeah. so about a year later, you finally <laughs> took us up on, on on this advice and you listened to the White Album for the first time uh, about three weeks ago. Yes, after another embarrassment of not knowing the difference between George Harrison and John Lennon in terms of their appearance. Right. And so you sent us these texts unprompted of, hey, I, I listened to the White Album for the first time. It's actually pretty good. And then also unprompted started sending us pictures of notebook paper where you listed your guesses of who you thought sang each song along with a variety of other notes. That's right. I was overcompensating. <laughs> you wanted to redeem yourself. And so last week, you and I recorded, uh, we went through disc one, song by song. Oh, yeah. And the emotions ran high. Yeah, I think at one point you almost started crying. Because, for the Piggy song. Because of the Piggy song. So yes, to, to, to skip ahead, we went through song by song, all 17 songs of disc one. That's right. I also explained my theoretical framework for my guesses based on made up personalities for each Beatle. Right. On a and scale I was not of, right. It was basically a scale of like one to Muppet. Where, um, it was sad Pretty unorthodox scale. I know I missed the first episode, <laughs> but can you give me like a five second recap of... Yeah. So I had a linear scale thing? of... The Beatles, and it went Ringo, and then McCartney, and then Lennon, and then Harrison. 
And so Ringo's kind of an outlier. He doesn't sing that many songs. But like I referred to the the Paul McCartney end of the spectrum as like happy Muppet, just like meh, 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 like yappy, like a yappy dog. It's part right. It's part right. You might need more dimensions. That's right. I've gone to a nonlinear frame. Or more knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> One or the other. I mean, uh, debatable. So let's like, wh- wh- how, you, how many did you get right and how many did you get wrong last time? I got 11 right and six wrong. So that was so disc pretty one. good, actually, I think. Yeah. Especially using the model that you just explained. <laughs> which is flawed, but not totally wrong. The Muppet model. It's, it's not random. It's not random. No. So which ones did you get wrong? So first I got Glass Onion wrong because... It's like so ridiculous. And I thought it was McCartney. I said my notes were it's high and tinny, but some good sounding stuff. Mm. All right. What so was anytime the there was like a falsetto or like a very high voice, I was like, oh, that's McCartney because that's like the Muppet. Oh, I can see where this is going to lead you astray occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Glass Onion was the first one. But then I got. You got a bunch right in a row. Yeah. Then I got um, five right in a row. Then. Katrina was pausing to wait to be complimented. Did you? No, I was counting. (laughs) No, so I got two right, then one wrong, then five right. All of your guesses were made ahead of the show and completely sealed so that you weren't able to change them during the course of the show. That's right. right? That's correct. So what was the next one you got wrong from last time? Let's, Let's go through the ones you got wrong. Okay, so I got Martha wrong. Martha, my dear. Right. Martha, my dear. Sorry, I I have like an abbreviated name because the, okay. the column see, yeah. is You're kind holding of... up a piece of paper with very small writing on it. Yeah, exactly. So um, I thought Martha was Lennon because it was like... Did you like... draw those lines with a ruler? That's amazing. No, I did it freehand. Okay. And then I did Even it again. Okay. This uh, is my like revised oh, I see. disc two guess. A true psychopath. Why, yeah. Why didn't yeah. you use a spreadsheet or... I don't know. It felt, I just I like writing things down sometimes. Okay. Analog. Uh, Martha, my dear, you thought was like a John or George song, right? I only guessed Lennon. I didn't put okay. Harrison second, so but a... I think that um, Lennon's voice is velvety, <laughs> and so I I heard that velvety voice. Now uh-huh. I know McCartney's a shapeshifter and can yeah. like mimic anything and do anything and trick you. But like, I also learned from Raja that he is schmaltzy. And that that song is about his dog, yeah. which has amused me ever since. So yeah, that I got wrong. And then I got Blackbird wrong. It turns out McCartney, the shapeshifter, can do like beautiful folksy stuff. I should have been tipped off. I feel like a lot of McCartney songs have animal names and sounds. So I should have been tipped off by the bird sounds. But then Piggies, I thought was... McCartney. Piggies was a real low moment for you. That was the I think lowest moment. That's a you, low moment. You went through every other Beatle. To that. What's that? Well, it's a low moment for anybody listening. I, I'm to a Piggy's defender, but anyway, you I think you you guessed all three of the other Beatles ahead of George. And I think you even said Ooh. that if it's George, I'll walk out of the studio right now. Yeah. My notes are insult to the listener. The I and I just I like railed on it. I yeah, I I said it couldn't be George. All right. And what was the last one that you got wrong? Uh then I got two more wrong. Oh, two more. Don't pass me by, I thought was McCartney. And then do it in the road. Why don't we do it in the road? I thought was Ringo because I hated that song so oh, much. Yeah. And I, I also like on the linear scale, like Ringo is at the end that I hate the most. Oh, I see. Even though he sings infrequently. Yeah. So okay. it's, if there's a song I especially hate, I say it's Ringo. Just immediately put it on his, yeah, his rap sheet. But yeah. you also don't know much about Ringo, right? I know nothing about Ringo. And when we were hanging out and I saw his face, I declared, I've never seen that man before in my life. <laughs> All right. um, I don't know his last name. 
Great. So uh, it was uh, 11 <laughs> out of 17 yeah. that you got right. It's pretty good. D minus. Um, <laughs> I mean, just based on the, that's like a what? That's like a 60, 66% solid D. Yeah, solid D. D's for diploma. Pretty good. Yeah. I was um, proud. And this week we're doing disc two. That's right. And I had originally guessed, you know, all of disc two. And based on what I learned last time, I have revised four of those guesses. Really? That's right. Um, four of the 13. When we get to one of the songs where you revise your guess, will you let us know? I will. In fact, in my, my answer sheet here, I have a column for original guess. Great. Fantastic. Um, Are you still applying the Muppet model or have you mostly abandoned that? I've moved away from the Muppet model to a shapeshifter model, which a word you've heard me use already several times. I'll use it again. Basically, I think McCartney can do anything he wants and like any style. It seems like he does it just because he can. Like these songs, most some of them, I won't say most of them, some of them are very bad. And in their, they're in very weird styles. <laughs> the album makes no sense at all. Uh, and I don't agree with that. Well, well it doesn't make any sense. I agree with that. Yeah, but like he's just like, oh, I'll do 1920s like jazzy style. So your oh, I'll new do punk rock. list of disc two guesses is just all McCartney. Every single one you wrote McCartney. So day. here's what happened when I revised my guesses. I Some Beatles are not represented in disc two anymore. Who were previously hmm. represented? They All were right. taken off the slate, which I'm worried about. I feel like that's probably a bad sign. So not a hundred. You're not going to get a hundred percent on this test. Yeah, I'm worried something about this already. Oh god! But uh, I, so my biggest fear is that like my original guesses are going to be more right than my revised guesses, which will show that I've learned nothing and in fact moved backwards. But, but it, it's, it does seem like. Paul you know, McCartney's we'll skills overall have risen in your estimation as a result of the previous. They I did... have. So I've, I have some notes on my new uh, framework, which is McCartney, shapeshifter, surprisingly talented. I used the word and musical. <laughs> I used the words musical genius a lot last time. That's right. He told he was like singing the praises of Paul McCartney, but not uh, at the expense of anyone else. That's true. A little bit at the expense of George Harrison. That's right. And then I said <laughs> he oversteps into other weird genres. <laughs> And he's schmaltzy, peppy, and upbeat. All right, let's get into it. So that was the biggest change. And then Harrison's talents in my mind went down a little bit. Uh, we decided last time, well, Raja told me that he was the most improved Beatle over time. <laughs> <laughs> Who can disagree with that? I, mean, I, think, I think that's right on the money. Slam dunk yeah. case. Yeah. Let's get it. Let's, let's do disc two, track one. Okay. Birthday. so good oh as we discussed last time <laughs> one of the downsides of this podcast is that we listen to the beginnings of a bunch of really great songs and then turn down the volume or end it entirely but such uh, is life. Well, so, you, so you're not a fan of the song then i find this song grating i think it's overplayed i have a column for whether i've heard it before i have uh, heard this one before so it's, it's automatically overplayed then 
<laughs> relative to the other ones yeah uh no i just feel like i've heard it a lot and it's very screamy it grew on me a tiny bit but i did give it a no exclamation point for like or not um which oh. is worse than just a no but i wonder when they wrote that song were they trying to replace the normal happy birthday song they didn't have enough money and so they were like we know how to bring the royalties in yeah um also i just want to say i'm like so excited to find out who's saying each song because i've been just listening over and over and like revising my guesses and thinking about it all and the moment has come to find out so who what was your guess for this one paul mccartney back to the muppet principal but actually i've replaced the principles with like a reference to a song from disc one hmm. that I think is similar. So this one I said, it's the USSR principle. Hmm. Which is? Uh, kind of screamy and like oh. peppy and upbeat, a little annoying and a song I've like, that's kind of overplayed in my mind. Well, it served you well. We is, yes. yeah. Yes. We need some sound effects for episode three. <laughs> Ding, ding, dings. Yeah, but I said the lyrics in the song are pretty grating and happy-go-lucky McCartney, like, screaming. All right. Any thoughts, Jeff? Well, I mean, that's right on the money. And I actually, I do think, like, uh, finding the similarity back in the USSR is, is pretty good and pretty appropriate because that song was sort of like unfortunate Beach Boys-sounding thing. And this song is sort of like an, an early rock thing that also is just like, in my opinion... As a song, a little annoying, even though I really like some of the sounds in the song. You guys have much higher standards than me. <laughs> I'm basically like a defender of almost all of the songs on this double album, except maybe like, mm, why don't we do it in the road and don't pass me by probably. Mm. Uh, maybe a couple others, but I think this song is fine. Just it's like, not one of my favorites. It's definitely fine. Sure. Back in the USSR, fine. also a fine song. I enjoy that song. How could you not? I mean, yeah. Is it their best <laughs> song ever? It's mm. totally fine. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Also, remember how we didn't get to my least favorite song of all 30 songs on the double album That's last true, time? actually. Right. Good yeah, callback. it's on the second disc. Uh, okay, but we haven't heard it yet. I know. I'm just getting you guys oh, excited. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited yeah, to find out what I'm increasing the suspense on both sides. Because it sounds like you already applied one exclamation point to the no here. So That's you right. must really hate this other song. I do. Here we go. I hate it more than Don't Pass Me By and Why Don't We Do It? Uh, I, I, I kind of want to make some guesses as to which one it is before we even get there. In fact, I'm going to guess right now yes. that it. it is Savoy Truffle. I'm trying to do Poker Face. Do you have a guess, Jeff? Well, I already found out from our text conversation that it's not Revolution 9, which is what I would ordinarily expect <laughs> when somebody throws out their least favorite track. From oh. It's like, that's an automatic, you know, like, guess. Yeah. Least. That's the obvious choice. Is Revolution 9, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's not that. But if it's not that, actually, I, there's nothing that really jumps out at me as like especially... Helter Skelter, perhaps? That seems like a, a kind of thing that a lot of people... All right, people so um, if we're objecting to screamy stuff, it's a very screamy song. Uh, however, though, actually, like I think... Well, I guess we're going to get to it in a few <laughs> minutes, but I think that's like a really good example of all the stuff that Happy Birthday should have been and that's not. Interesting. Interesting. By the way, there's a cool acoustic version of Helter Skelter. We'll get to it. Let's okay. go to song two. Charles Manson okay. version. Your blues. Okay. You know the reason why. All 
All right, another upbeat number. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one? Okay, so I don't love this song, but I don't despise it either. I called it bluesy and rock-like. It's called Your Blues. Yeah, yeah. so worth noting. Uh, I guessed Paul McCartney. As a backup guess, I was thinking it could be Ringo, but then I heard drums, and that was when I realized I could use that in my guessing because I think... How could he be singing if he's also playing the drums? Yeah, yeah I think impossible. Don't Pass Me By does not have drums. And then I realized I don't know what instruments Wait, the Beatles play. Jeff and I are looking at each other quizzically right now. I don't think... It's got percussion of some sort. Yeah, like, do they get someone else to play it? Was it a tambourine? I don't know. But I started to think, like, if there's drums, it's not Ringo. Also, Ringo doesn't sing that many songs. Mm, anyway, this is true. I guess McCartney, based on the why don't we do it in the road principle, which I feel like is a similar sounding song mm. with, like, similar vocal intonations. And so McCartney they... wants to do his, like, oh, I can do any genre. I'm amazing. I'm a musical genius. Blah, blah, blah. Before we reveal the answer, I just want to play just a, just a brief <laughs> snippet of Don't Pass Me By because no drums yet. That sounds like a piano No or drums something. yet. No drums yet. And oh, that might be symbol. a drum. Those are some drums. Pretty prominent. Shit. Is, is someone else playing them or is there a microphone at the drums? My principal with... is just going out the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't base that much on the on the drums thing like none of my own yeah i did have one original guess for ringo but it wasn't this song this was my original guess mccartney are you familiar with multi-track recording just you know they can record one instrument at a time and then like go back and add more instruments well you did tell me about that last time with like voices being double track double track i kept thinking things were duets uh yeah and it was but the voice it works pretty well unless somebody's trying to sing with themselves uh themselves themselves <laughs> then they probably can't do that at exactly the same time and it was probably recorded separately yeah that's how it was last that was how it was for a few songs i'm so scared that i got this wrong you did get it wrong and it's yeah, is it ringo wrong. no nope oh shit oh it's can done. you play it again for a second i'm trying to redeem myself but i'm just totally wrong Oh, it's George Harrison, isn't it? No. Oh, okay, good. This is a John Lennon song. Shit. Now, are you starting? I guess I know the answer. I was going to ask if you're starting to get a sense of like the different accents involved, aside no. from the timbre of their voices. Well, some of them, okay, they're all British. Sure. <laughs> and I mean, we talked last time about how like George Harrison and Lennon have like sort of thicker accents, but I just think they have different accents, even though they're maybe all from the same place, potentially Liverpool. I'm not going to commit to it. Yeah, I mean, this is Love sort of... lads from Liverpool. Yeah. It's a little bit difficult to tell somebody's speaking accent when they're singing, I find, anyway. But you could also look to maybe the lyrical content, definitely the sound of the voice. I do look to the lyrical like content. Perhaps like the recording style. So lonely, want to die. That just but, screams John Lennon. But I feel like McCartney's trying to be like, oh, I can be dark and bluesy. Just like John Lennon. This is Lennon. less of a happy and schmaltzy song, <laughs> nevertheless. So Okay, you're right. The lyrics are dark. I should have known. I'm taking out my pen to correct my paper. All right. Um, Damn it. Yeah, your blues. Oh. You know, that was not one of the ones I was like obsessively thinking about. Did you like it or not? Did you, you marked it? No. Yeah, I don't really like it. Okay. Do you like it's it? It's not Jeff? terrible. I think it's great. But then again, I like all blues music, and this is a fairly straightforward uh 
Well, it, it's very strongly inspired by uh, blues rock. Let's there's, say. there's also a really cool version on YouTube that you can check out with John Lennon singing and playing guitar, Eric Clapton playing lead guitar, hmm. Keith Richards playing bass, I believe. And then I think, is it Mitch Mitchell, the Jimi Hendrix drummer? Yes. That, that, I believe that guy's playing drums. Oh, cool. Check it out. It's actually pretty cool. It's a great version. Strong recommend. It might change your mind on the song. Okay. What's and songs your, do what's grow your main on beef me. with it? It's just too uh, too screamy or something. Yeah. Well, I thought it was McCartney, so I was biased against it, and I thought he was overstepping into another genre. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, actually, one of the things I really like about this song is I feel like it's got a sort of an authenticity to the 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 vocal, especially. It's like a, a really, uh, you know, don't you sense some pain there? Maybe. <laughs> I thought it was all a schmaltzy I act. thought it was a show. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, this shapeshifter thing has really screwed with my mind. Mm. Yeah. No, it's a good yeah. thing because like, as we established, Paul McCartney is a musical genius, so he can do a lot of genres and very convincingly. But yeah. if you listen to the song and you're like, man, this person is really, truly broken inside. Yeah. Um, then that's a good sign that it's John Lennon. <laughs> yeah. And you said that last time about happiness is a warm gun, <laughs> yeah. which I did get correct. Mm. I guessed it was Lennon. Um right. And I'm learning uh, this was a blow because this was my, again, this was my original guess mm. and I didn't revise it based on mm. the new information. Mm. So, okay, let's, you let's know. keep All right, let's yeah. see what this yeah. is. It was bound to happen sooner or later. Track three, Mother Nature's Son. Ooh. Oh, there's a little bit of an intro. It's okay. It's not that long. I've listened to it so many times, I know. Born up for young country boy, mother nature's son. All day long, I'm sitting singing songs for everyone. Now, before you before you say anything, oh god, I'm gonna just sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> this was a big one for me. Really? Yeah. Did you change your guess on this one? I did. Also, well, I don't want to preempt you. What I wanted to say about this is that I feel like, like some of the songs we heard in disc one, this one, the voice is just really distinctive to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it could only be one mm-hmm. person. Yeah. So, did you feel when you're listening to it like, man, that's a very distinctive voice? Well, it changed. So first of all, I'm just going to reveal to you, this is a number one jam in my oh, book. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's right. the second number one jam of okay. two. The first number one jam is uh, while my guitar gently weaves. Okay. Yeah. That's the highest rating you can get from wow. me okay. for the White House. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So so it means a lot to me. I really like the song. Um, and I thought it was one Beatle last week. Which was? George Harrison. All right. And I was partly biased because I thought he could do no wrong. I thought he was like all about that number one jam. If you recall, I thought he sang Blackbird, mm-hmm. which has a similar sound. Sure does. And so then I thought, oh, crap, this is another Blackbird situation. Apply the mm. Blackbird principle, Paul McCartney. And then I was like trying to convince myself that was right and so that's when i had the like oh this is definitely paul mccartney he has such a distinctive voice i should have known it the whole time there's horns like the lyrics are not sad it's like a little schmaltzy there's like some like doo-doo-doos like lots of like just little like flourishes i think the doo-doo-doo principle is a pretty good principle (laughs) yeah be able to make a lot of hay from that principle 
Thank you. I wrote it down. Like I wrote down do do do's. Um, <laughs> Not to be confused with the Obladi principle. <laughs> That's right. That's the camp song principle. Right. So then I was like, okay, this is definitely Paul McCartney. And I felt really good. And like I had learned something from my mistakes last time. But just when you were playing it, I feel like the beginning sounds more like George Harrison. And then it goes into like full blown Paul McCartney. Granted, I still don't even know if it's Paul McCartney. Um, but, final answer. Well, my final answer is Paul McCartney. It's just that like, there's, you know, there's always some doubt, but I do think it's like, if I understand Paul McCartney correctly, it is Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul McCartney, that's correct answer. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah. I've learned something, guys. The Blackbird Principle. Not I, all folksy songs are George Harrison. And uh, also Paul McCartney has a beautiful voice and writes amazing songs. I've also realized that for episode three, I really do need the sound effect that I can just hit to signal to you that you're either right or wrong. But I want to keep talking before explaining myself before I know if I'm right or wrong. So I'd really like a sound effect that I can signal to you that you're right or wrong. <laughs> but I like being kept in suspense. You mean like a, to a sound of like an entire stadium like cheering and stuff Something like that? Something like that. Maybe okay. a ding, ding, ding. Or maybe booing. an ant yeah. sound. Okay. Because it would be rude if I just started saying ding, ding, ding. Right. But to just hit a button. Right. That just Are delivers. you saying you don't want to hear my full rationale? There's probably like an app that does that. <laughs> that is probably true. All I'm right, so, so pleased with myself. So how do you feel that? about the fact that A, you got it right, but B, it's from this Beatle that you apparently don't like very much. Right. And I've lear- I'm learning to- uh, Number one jam. It's I know. It's the number one jam. A number one jam. So what I'm breaks it into that number one jam status? I just think it's so, um, I think it's really pretty. Like it's just like- clean lines (laughs) and I think his voice sounds really beautiful and I like the song it's a it's a beautiful voice right yeah very um crisp and clean yeah mellifluous yes um use an SAT word for that I think it applies (laughs) here though yeah do you you guys like this song I like it I think it's uh it combines a lot of his best qualities in a package that, while not perfect, I'm not going to object to. I think, on the whole, it's it's a very good song. I do think it's a little weird that at the beginning, this is always throwing me off. He says he was born a young boy, and it's like it's, I don't know. I just always found that weird. It's difficult to not be born young. That's your issue with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like that's kind of like uh, live and let die. I know we needed another syllable there or something. I, you know, I get it. Anyway, I think it's a beautiful song. And actually, this might not be something many people would agree with, but I actually prefer it to Blackbird. I do too. Obviously, Blackbird was not a number one jam. I guess it didn't make number one jam status yeah. for you. Has it always gotten your goat that in Live and Let Die, he says the world in which we live in? No. I mean, I feel like that's more egregious. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think about this song? I like the song. I think I used to really, really like it. I think I was big mm. time into it probably in like high school or college. Now it's like, I would say, uh, I don't think it has aged as well for me. It's just, it's now it's just like a good song. But I don't like I wouldn't say I get super excited when it comes on. It's just like a beautiful, nice song. Like in a way, it shows how spoiled we are by uh, both Paul McCartney and the Beatles. Yeah. And I will say that over the course of listening to these songs so many times, my computer says it's about 30 to 35 <laughs> times well done, uh, at yeah. most. In the last three songs. weeks. In the last three weeks. Mm. That's right. Wow. Although it counts as a listen if you just start it. And a lot of them I did skip after mm. a brief start. This song was a shower, not a grower. And some of the other songs, even on disc two, have been growers like mm. over the last week. So I wrote number one jam like on my first pass on oh, this. Wow. And it's still it still holds, but it's like other ones have become more interesting. It's a beautiful me. song. It's very lovely. I made a plug last time for Glass Onion as a grower. 
Has it, in fact? Because you were not into it when you first heard it. So I ended up listening to it a bit more in the last week as a point of comparison with disc two songs. And it's grown on me, but it's still not like my thing. All right. Yeah. Track four. Everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Katrina looks very uncomfortable. Well, I hated the song at first, and it did like sort of beat me into submission a little bit, mm. but I still don't really like it. But it's not your most hated. No. Oh, good. I was worried about that. This is not my most okay. hated. I was really worried about that. No, no, it's it's fine. I've always liked this song, and I continue <laughs> to like this song, but I think we're sensing a theme here, which is that I seem to like all the songs. <laughs> this song, I think part of it is like, you know, I feel like, Part of what really appeals to me is like that raw guitar sound, you know, so maybe that's like I'm susceptible to that. What about the raw like screaming sound? I'm into it. Okay. I don't know. I think it has the same kind of emotional authenticity. I like it. What is your guess, Katrina? Um, My guess is Paul McCartney. And that was my original guess. Mm -hmm. And And did you update it? No, that's my current guess. I... What about now? You seem saw, to be. Well, you guys are like grimacing. So I said it was a hard call. Also, I recognize it's about drugs. It seems to be about drugs. Is it? I don't know. I guess monkeys are things that like George George Michael had that song Monkey. It's that about, was very much about drugs. Yeah, it's. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's like <laughs> <laughs> there's lyrics to make it sound like you're like going into like a drug binge. Uh, I don't know. Like you're hiding things. He has a monkey. Uh, can we get Maybe like he's a, on drugs? a studio lackey to print out the, the lyrics for us to all look at? <laughs> we did go to Wikipedia last time around for okay. Honey Pie um, to see who sang that because that was one I actually didn't know. And uh, Katrina, The song Honey Pie? Not. Oh, it was Wild Honey Pie. It was Wild Honey Pie. Wild Honey Pie, honey pie. Oh, right. Well, honey Pie, of course. That, that could be one that would be easy to get wrong. Wild Honey Pie. Yeah, that's why I was like, this could. there's a lot of voices on it, first yeah. of all. And yet I got it right. You got it right. We oh, found yeah. out that it... I, and I, Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I guessed correctly that it was Paul McCartney. And in fact, but what was surprising me is that he does all the voices on it. Hmm. Uh, but we, we, we found amusingly from the Wikipedia page that he was basically... Like, Katrina strongly objected to this and felt like it was filler. And then it turned out that this was voted <laughs> as one of the top 10 filler songs of all time. <laughs> And in fact, there was a quote from Paul McCartney where he was basically like, we were trying a lot of stuff, so we figured, why not just add it in? Why not add some more filler? Um, yeah. So so back to the monkey song. Yeah. So I said, really bad, but upbeat lyrics. And I called this the USSR principle <laughs> again, because it's like screaming. The lyrics are kind of like simple, although I do think there's like maybe some drug reference. Um, it seems like I got this wrong. I'm back already sad. Guess. Backup guess. Ugh. I mean, I guess Lennon, but I yes, mean, Lennon is correct. That would be a better guess. Yeah. Ugh, that guy is a shapeshifter too. Not really. It really sounds a lot like <laughs> your blues at, at like a surface level, right? And you didn't like either one. They both have the same kind of raw sound, especially this raw guitar sound. 
and like kind of a, a raw sound in the singing as well. And there's no uh, Beach Boys doo And the guy sounds right. positively tortured in both songs. Yeah. So he was really in some bad times. I feel like right around now. What? Who is his monkey? I'm not sure. I don't know. See, like <laughs> I'm not as confident. Reference to genitalia. I'm not as confident yeah. as you are about okay. about this being a, a drug thing. He did make a whole Damn. like four minute film just about his penis um, at one point. So huh. there's that. Huh. Okay. Well, bummer. I mean, Stuff part of learn. it too. Part of my original guess was that anything with an animal in the name was Paul mm. McCartney because he was a Muppet. Uh-huh. And so where do you leave that? I mean, I was trying to. You? break out of that line of thinking but it still brought me back to him just because of his like screamy work fair okay, enough lesson learned this is not okay i have 50 percent right now hey track, it's not bad two out of four track five living and learning I'm about 400 you're in the hall of fame it's not so bad <laughs> here we go I have a guess about what you might guess, which is, by the way, it should be a separate podcast. <laughs> um, Why don't we do that right now? But I'm also really concerned. Basically, I'm worried that all of these good songs, because this one is a real banger. Um, I'm always worried that it might be your like one of your most hated and that uh, we would have like that could be a real problem because it's like, man, bad, bad decisions by Katrina. Right. More just like bad job by you. Uh, uh, so I hope this is not one of the most hated. Uh no, I fact, love this song. Yeah. It's really? a yes exclamation point. Right. Now, wow. my guess about what your guess is, is that you think this is George Harrison. Interesting. Interesting. No. All right. I've moved beyond that. Great. Who do my you think Harrison it is? My Harrison worship. I think it's John Lennon. Correct. Yes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you why, if you're interested. I am. Okay. Uh, that was my original guess. And I said it has his velvety voice. I actually think he kind of sounds like David Bowie at times in this song. Hmm. And I don't think McCartney is capable of that. Uh, of sounding like David Bowie. Yeah. I just don't feel like that's his thing. He, I, that's a, a shape he cannot shift into. I mean, maybe he could, but I feel like he doesn't. And Lennon does. Uh the, so I wrote this was the Dear Prudence principle because I think this sounds a little bit like Dear Prudence. There's like some mm. falsetto, high notes. That was, I did sort, there were times when I thought it was McCartney because of the high notes and also the like jazzy, cheesy sound to it. But the lyrics are kind of dark and weird. Um, jazzy, cheesy? Well, jazzy, bluesy, jazzy. Hmm. All right. How about the fantastic part of the sound? <laughs> oh, I love the song. Um but yeah, I wrote the lyrics are a bit more interesting than I give McCartney credit for. Ooh, harsh, but I'm possibly con- true. Yeah. I'm continuing yeah. to throw I'm shade at with him. You on that. You, yeah. yeah, you're gonna you'll make a lot of hay with that principle as well. <laughs> I'll go far with that yeah. one. But I really do love that song. That got stuck in my head a lot. It's it might be one of the best songs on this album. I'm surprised to hear that. I like it a lot, but I, I would have guessed that it would be an unpopular favorite. For me? Well, for I mean an unpopular favorite. All right. <laughs> I still don't know what that means, but that's okay. A favorite that's not... <laughs> Amongst all... The denominator here is like all people who've listened to the album enough to have favorites or not. I see. And okay. welcome to the denominator, Katrina. Thank you. Um, in, in that in that case. It's um, good to be here. Yeah. yeah. All right. In I'm not going to say it's like Abbey Road Studios. 
<laughs> Shall we go to the next one? Please. Helter Skelter. A song which I guessed might be Katrina's most hated. Although I now feel like I know. I just looking at the list of other songs. I, I saw feel it like in her eyes. It's got to be. <laughs> I know all the listeners at home can't can't see that, but this has definitely got to be her least. Favorite. Really, I think it's Honey Pie. <laughs> now I'm updating my guess to Honey Pie. But anyway, okay, we'll, we'll find out in a second. Here, let's listen to it. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. Where I stop. Katrina's cringing hard. I'm like crawling out of my skin. <laughs> All right. Maybe this is the most hated scene. I hate this song the most. <laughs> and yes, Jeff, I could not hide it in my eyes when yeah. you said, when Raja said it. My eyes got really big, like I've been caught red-handed. I yeah, you're do a busted. poker face very well. Hmm. So but I was you, looking at Jeff instead of you. Who right. do you think sang it? Um, so I changed my guess on this. Originally, I assigned it to Ringo because I thought he sang the worst songs. But I changed it, and I hope that I was not wrong. But I changed it to McCartney. Uh, in I'm between look... disc one and disc two, or just from in between disc one and disc two, because um, <laughs> because of the do it in the road. Why don't we do it in the road? Principle where he's mm. like screamy and trying to be all like punk rock. Um, I mean, punk and... rock hadn't actually been invented yet, <laughs> so that would have been pretty cool. That would have been, you know. Pretty innovative. Rightly or wrongly, some people credit this song as like inventing punk rock. Hmm. I don't even mind punk rock, but I mind this song. But I mind this crap. Well, it McCartney just... is correct, by the way. <gasps> yes, I learned something again. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. Because, yeah, my previous like model for thinking about it was just, it was very subjective. It was like Katrina hates the song, so it has to be Ringo. <laughs> Katrina loves the song, it has to be George Harrison. Um, Interesting. I mean, it's cool that that got credited by some people as being the impetus or the origins of punk rock. I guess it's just like if this is approximately 1968 or so, the question is like, what else was there out there that sounded anything like this? I think they listened to Led Zeppelin 1. Would that be, is that possible? Does the calendar say that that could be the case? I feel like I saw some interview where George Harrison is talking about Jimmy Page maybe, but it's unclear whether they really would have been on their radar. You know, I don't, I don't know. Because Led Zeppelin, no, nah, it's a good question. I would say I would I would have guessed Led Zeppelin was like maybe 1967, but who knows? Okay, I'm back to four out of six right. All right, so well, what do you better think of than fifty percent. I think this song. Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I go back and forth. I certainly don't hate it or love it. Overall, I think it's fine. I like it. It's grown on me. It, I think I, I went from hating it when I first heard it as a kid. Or like whatever, middle school, high school. And then uh, and then I was like, no, this song's cool. I like parts of it. And then I think what really helped or changed my mind or like I made an impression on me was when I heard this acoustic version of it, where it's just like some demo tape of him with an acoustic guitar singing this song. And then it's actually, oh, this is actually quite beautiful. Or at least like it showed me a side of the song that I hadn't heard before. Hmm. Um, and so now like I kind of hear that version or I kind of like project it back onto the actual version when I'm listening to it. That's kind of sad, though, if you have to project another version of a song onto the original to make yourself like it. Good point. Perhaps. This song has also sort of been tainted by Bono uh, for me a little bit, even though I like Bono overall, or at least I appreciate some of the things he's done. There is, I think, on Rattle and Hum, they cover this song, and he says this thing at the beginning about how like Charles Manson stole the song from the Beatles, and we're going to steal it back. And then they go into it, and Bono does his Bono version of it. 
And he's talking about the fact that Charles Manson, you know, would like spray paint Helter Skelter, possibly in people's blood. I'm not sure. At the scene oh, of his I crimes. didn't even remember that. That's um, kind of a tragic connection with uh, with some murders that occurred around that time. Oh. Yeah. Maybe a year later or so. <laughs> Was it because he heard that song and went ape shit? Oh, Katrina. <laughs> um, you know, my love burns bright for the number one jams. And on the flip side, I have to put all my hate into a couple songs. You're cruel. You're yeah. a cruel judge. All right, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Track seven, Long, Long, Long. I think this could be a tough one. I really like this song. I really like this I'm song. A big one fan. of my favorite Beatles songs from their entire catalog. This is the one of the ones that grew on me a lot with repeated listening. And what was your guess? Um, so it's Lennon. And I that's my original guess. I didn't change it. I think it has his like velvety sound. It's pretty weird. It's dreamy. Uh I'm worried it's wrong now. But that is my final and original guess. You'll be pleased to know that though you're wrong, it's actually George Harrison. I was just worried about that when you said it's hard to guess. Oh, Harrison makes a comeback. <laughs> this is a very understandable error, I think, also. Did they, like, do something to his voice in post? It sounds like he's singing through an ocean. They they ran it through the linenizer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, George Harrison, I love him again. Well, so I'm going to pause it. So as Jeff kind of, I was talking last time about how confusing John and George is the most common thing. Like, I think their voices are actually quite similar. Very similar, yeah. The biggest difference is that John just sounds more John-like. He (laughs) has like more of an extreme accent. So if it's like, if you are listening to something, you're like, oh, it's John or George, but actually I can't tell, then it's probably George because he has a more neutral accent. Whereas like John, like they're kind of in the same accent, same timbre. It's just that he has a much more distinctive nasally sound. So he, he sounds like... a lot like he's being stepped on sometimes, you know, in a <laughs> sort of like tortured. I think it sounds great. I love that cutting <laughs> sound of his voice. But I, I really, really, really like George's vocal here and his lyrics as well. It's just a little bit too sweet to have been a John Lennon thing, I think. Interesting. <sighs> I'm pleasantly surprised. Hmm. It's a beautiful song. It's yeah, not talked I, about much. Yeah, I'm really glad that I at least didn't originally guess Harrison and then change it. Right, that would have been a real... Yeah, but I am sad that I didn't guess Harrison because I do really love the song. Mm. And I was listening to all these songs over and over and over. But then I would revisit the ones I like the most and just listen to those for fun, not even to guess who was singing so it. So where did you put this in your rating? Is this a yes or a, did you get any exclamation point? It's a yes exclamation point. Nice. Yes, I nice. like it a lot. Yeah. And it's... I even thought about making it a number one jam like yesterday, but... I didn't. I think it could could sh- very well be. I think it's- it might be now, and I should have followed my nose to the George mm. Harrison. This was but- so far the toughest fade out for me to to handle. Take. Yeah, it is tough. So far, sorry about that. Well, let's yeah, move on. Let's get, I know it's still in my head. Let's get some more music back I'll in our ears. Post, yeah. oh. Tra- track eight, Revolution One.
So I think you're going to get this one wrong, is my opinion. Oh, man. I think, like, I'm going to make a guess once again <laughs> about what you're going to guess. Okay. Did you did you guess my last guess? No, I didn't. Okay. That's okay. But like I said, that's a whole other podcast. But I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you little previews uh, of it, tastes in this one. I think you're going to guess Paul McCartney on this. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, okay. Well, that would be a good guess, right? <laughs> would that be not right? That would be not right. Uh, I don't know the Beatles at all. I thought I did. I would like to mention that this is the only song I had heard from this album before listening to it a few weeks ago for the first time. Um, and birthday. Or sorry, on this disc, other than birthday. Interesting. And I don't even think I'd really heard this song. I had just heard a Nina Simone cover that actually like has totally different lyrics other than the first line, hmm. but it has the same beat and melody. So I think that's fair. Like I'm looking through the other songs in this album. There's like not a whole bunch that are like the kind of thing they would play on the radio or although they should play long, long, long. They should play a lot of these songs on the radio. Totally. Yeah. Uh so I have a lot of rationale for why it's Paul McCartney. Well, it's first of all, it's, it's <laughs> I imagine it's like the reason I thought you were going to say Paul McCartney is it's got that back in the USSR uh, yeah. sort of like hearkening back to the 50s. USSR principle sounds like the Beach Boys, literally doo-wop. Yeah. Uh, but I did question it because it sounds a little like Lennon at first. And then wouldn't Lennon want to talk about Revolution? He also talks about Revolution 9. I know that Revolution 9 is Lennon. I knew okay. that ahead of time. Okay. Um, I said, still, tinny, clear voice and style is more McCartney. And I don't like it that much. It's a John Lennon song. <sighs> Sorry about that. Yeah, that's a bummer for me at liking John Lennon. Yeah. And his oh, songs. Wow. You've been down on a lot of his songs, I feel like. Yeah. Well, uh, so I thought far. I was up on him and down on Paul McCartney. But, but funny how things change. I mean, I do huh. think actually that while I think that their voices sound nothing alike, this one, I think if they're if you're going to get confused, I feel like this one is a candidate for that because it's got that not just because of the doo-wop, whatever stuff going on in the background, but it's just like it's a little bit smoother. He sounds a little bit smoother mm -hmm. than usual here. Yeah. I did think it was him saying, OK, at the beginning. That's actually not him. Who do you think that is? George Harrison. Nope. Ringo. What's the uh, here? It's right here. Okay. The okay right there. Who do you think that is? Okay. That's like an Australian. Well, actually, you know what? <laughs> I thought I knew who it was. It could be multiple people. I would have guessed that that's Ringo. But now that I hear it, it's like it could be John. I think it's John. And I just thought that like right when you played it right now, I was like, that. I bet that's John, but... That doesn't mean he's singing. What's interesting is that though John and Ringo sound nothing alike, those are the only two possible people it could be. Mm -hmm. Would you agree, Jeff? I, I think I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> is this some graduate level Beatles stuff? I don't know. Here? Yeah, this is a weird circumstance because I'm not I'm not used to um I'm not used to multitudes of people listening to my random speculation. And as we know, there's thousands of people listening to that <laughs> right now. Um but yeah, I think I agree with you. Great. Okay, that this was a blow. I, have I this love whole... this song, by the way. Interesting. Just so you know. So it's a yes for you. You like it. No, she doesn't Roger... like it. Oh, I don't you really don't like, like it. it. Okay. Yeah. But, but Roger's fine. I think I'm at like a Y exclamation point. I don't know if how I feel about this version versus some of the mm -hmm. other versions. I think probably I would go with this one. Um, I've also been learning how to play this song on guitar a lot mm -hmm. and kind of trying to come up with different interesting versions of it. So it's probably the song that I play the most myself mm -hmm. over the last year. I really like the Nina Simone version. 
which again is like the same song, different lyrics other than the first line. I think it's got a beautiful melody. I think it's got yeah. interesting things going on, even though they're not that complicated in terms of like the chords or structure or whatever. It's just like well done. Like, good job, guys. Um, you've done it again. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I think that he, I like the ending where he starts screaming a lot. Yeah, Jeff, where do you stand on this? I mean, my first thought about this is I need to get a pair of these headphones at home because it sounds <laughs> really, really good. It sounds good at home too. Um, but I listened to this one uh, a couple days ago for the first time in a while, and I think I overplayed it when I was in like eighth grade or whatever. And returning to it now, it's great. It's a fantastic song, and I actually really like the tempo that they've chosen it's slow. It's slow when it doesn't like so seem slow. like it necessarily should be so slow. In fact, they have faster and more rock-oriented versions, as uh, Raja uh, hinted at. Which they put out as a single. They put out like a rock oh, version. It's yeah, also that, good. I thought it sounded so slow, and I thought maybe that's because I was used to the Nina Simone version, but mm. maybe I'm used to the rock Beatles version. I don't know. Could it be. somehow like, feels overplayed in my head. I think even I prefer though, this to the single yeah. version, though, personally. I, think so too. I, I like the kind of nice slow groove that it has. I think... An interesting thing here, it, lyrically speaking, there's kind of this uh, combination of like idealism and cynicism, which, I mean, I think that's actually maybe the biggest giveaway that this is a John Lennon song. He's got that kind of like dual idealism, cynicism thing sort of going. But I, yeah. I like that. There's a little ambiguity. Politically, who do you think this song is targeted at? Do you think it's art targeted at like communists? Like I think should... it's addressed at uh, his generation of people in the late 1960s all of whom know they're not satisfied with the status quo and want to change it. And he's unraveling a little bit of the complexities of doing that. It's like, yeah, you know, we all recognize some problems here, but what should actually be done? It's kind of difficult to to determine what that should be. And I think there's reason at that time to feel like idealistic about the possibility of those changes being made or at least being important and also cynical about, you know, whether that's really doable. So he stands with Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he didn't maybe we can't so easily port his political views from 1968 to 2017 probably not it's possible <laughs> any final thoughts on revolution let's go um, to the next one yeah i'm a little sad i got it wrong honey pie i'm i you know i said a minute ago that i thought that this might be your number one hated song um i won't say any more about it at the moment let's just go <laughs> listen to it she was a working girl North of England way Now she's hit the big time <laughs> In the USA I think there's a 100% chance you're going to get this right. <clears throat> I hope so. And I don't know. she could only hear me This is what I'd Say. I think you should apply any of your principles. <laughs> Honey pie, you are making me crazy. All right. Uh, let's just hear your guess. I think we know what it's going to be. Uh, it's McCartney. Yes. But it, my original guess was Lennon. Because? I don't know. Let's see what my original notes were. Um. <laughs> My original notes were not very descriptive. It said, I don't get it. Not bad, but so random. Velvety voice. <laughs> I will say, like... My new notes are more uh, well-developed. Mm. But yeah, the, the new notes are basically that um, I changed it due to the schmaltziness of the song. 
Good and move. using the yeah. Martha, my dear principle of like any show tuny sounding yeah, song. Precisely the yep. right principle. <laughs> being um, McCartney. And I said the lyrics are like sort of upbeat and simple and happy. I do like the song actually. It grew on me. It's like kind of the beginnings are like pretty painful, but it's not the worst. It's not a song to listen to in public, but no. you know, you can get behind it. I did yeah, yes without I an exclamation point. There aren't very many circumstances where I'd really like to listen to this song. I feel like maybe if, I don't know, if I were um, in a studio aud- audience at like a taping of the Lawrence Welk show or something, it would be perfect. <laughs> it's got that kind of like 1930s or 1940s thing. Like if your grandparents didn't like, you know, their kids listening to the Beatles, they probably could still get on board with this. I think like other than when I'm 64, there's probably no other song that best encapsulates the idea of yeah. like, Oh, if Paul McCartney never met John Lennon, he would be writing like show tunes. I totally forgot about that song being a Beatles song. Yeah. And spoiler alert, it's by Paul McCartney. Yeah, I know. Um, This song. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's keep going. Track 10, Savoy Truffle. I have a lot of thoughts about the song. (laughs) I'm excited. All right, it's hard to turn that one down because I I'll I'll be honest, strong agree. That song, <laughs> it's a you know, fade out. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I don't think I ever disliked it. I was probably was always on board. Maybe when I first heard it, maybe I had some trouble, but like no, like for a long time now, I've always been on board with the song. But in the last literally like six months or so, somehow I've just kind of become obsessed with it a little bit. <laughs> and I, w- I had this one day where I just listened to it all the time, tried to find covers of it. Started to learn how to play it on guitar uh, and never able, was able to come up with a version that replicates all the amazing things that are going on there, you know, with just a single guitar. But I haven't given up. But this song, I just, uh, in a way, it's, I'll, 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 I'll end it there for now or I'll pause there so that we can hear some more. Uh, uh-huh. For example, Katrina. So you don't reveal it. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a grower for me, too. Oh. I actually had said I didn't like it at first without an exclamation point. <clears> just like, no. But it did grow on me a lot. It got stuck in my head. Um, it's like so weird. I think it's John Lennon, even though it's kind of I, I describe the style as jazzy and bad. But <laughs> 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 but then it grew on me. Um, and I I actually changed this. I originally guessed Paul McCartney. I changed it due to the pure weirdness and what I'm calling the glass onion principle. Because I think it's similarly weird. There's a lot of talk about fruits and vegetables uh-huh. maybe being different colors or substances than you made out of different materials than you would think. Uh, also, I've decided in my head that John Lennon likes to name check other Beatles songs in Beatles songs. Mm. So there's point. the like, yeah. we all know oh, blah, dee, blah, da. Right. Yeah, and then right. in Savoy Truffle, or sorry, in Glass Onion, it's like Strawberry Fields, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I feel like that's a Lennon move. I feel like he's breaking the fourth wall. I don't I don't think McCartney's capable of that. Even though he's capable mm. of many things, I don't feel like that's his kind of move. Just like the Bowie thing. Like he could do it, but he doesn't. 
I like your reasoning here. This is great Thank reasoning. Yeah. This was like, this one really, I actually, this was the last one I changed and I changed it like last night. And I, I have, so these are like the cleaned up notes, but I have this crazy post-it note that's like all oh, of my yeah. disc two revisions. That's a double-sized post-it note. Yeah. And this little column on the side of like scribbles in the margin of the margin is for Savoy Truffle. And it's like, it was like a last minute, like, oh my God, glass onion. Oh my God, <laughs> it's Lennon. So I don't know if I'm right, but like, those are my notes, and yeah, I said it's similarly bonkers well, to Glass Onion. You'll be happy to know that your reasoning is great, and changing your guess didn't make you more wrong, but you'll be sad to know that you're still wrong. <laughs> no. It's neither of them. No. Is it? Oh my God, I, it's like I have no idea who it is now, even though it's <laughs> narrowed only down to two, two possibilities. Yeah. Okay, it's Ringo or George Harrison. Okay, I'm going to go with Ringo, even though that's like, oh no. Oh no. Wait, it can't be George Harrison. Why not? Uh, you like George Harrison, though. I do, yeah. but this song's like so weird. Sure. And he, I thought he had sort of like simpler songs that like simpler Maybe like there's musically. actually nothing below the surface of the i mean actually it seems it's kind of weird when you first hear it but i think you know like it's <laughs> kind of just a silly song you keep waiting for the like a deeper metaphor to yeah. emerge and it never really does i thought it, it really like seems to possibly thing. be a thing about like chocolate different and how you're gonna have to get your teeth pulled out uh after you have too many of them right you'll have to have them all pulled out after the savoy truffle i didn't know that was about teeth I don't know if it's about teeth. Exactly, I looked up the lyrics but, um, the other day because I was obsessed with this song. And there's something else that's a reference to the dentist really? um, or teeth like being, you know, what is it? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I am now underestimating George Harrison's abilities, which is like. You and the whole I rest of the world for, for <laughs> generations now. So. But like for disc one, yeah. I was like, this is the Beatle. Like he's the driving force behind all of it. Uh, yeah. I gave him way too much credit. Yeah. And now I'm swinging too far in the other direction. But even so, I don't think I would have guessed George Harrison for this song. It's a tough... And his voice sounds funny and like... Kind of like he's singing through an ocean or through the Lennonizer again. It sounds yeah. a lot like long, long, long. I mean... It really does. If yeah. I had known one of the two, I yeah. would have guessed the other one right. I think it does have a lot of sonic elements in common with Glass Onion. I think this song, maybe more than most on this album, it kind of reminds me of... Like, I feel like this whole album sounds kind of colder than Sgt. Pepper's. Like, hmm. Sgt. Pepper sounds like a warm album, whereas this one, like, it just kind of leaves you feeling a little bit cold, but not in a bad way. It's just like, man, those are good songs, but it's like the whole album, the cover is white, very cold. But I think one thing that this has in common with those Sgt. Pepper songs is like, all the sounds are very compressed together. So you have horns and guitars kind of mashed into what sounds like a single instrument. And I heard somewhere... Uh, I think I saw some interview with them where when talking about how they recorded Sgt. Peppers, because they were using equipment from the 1960s, they were trying to record all these new, all these instruments way more than are typically put onto a single song using the equipment that they had at the time, which are these basically these four track recorders. And so once they got more than four tracks, they would have to bounce all of them down to a single track and then record additional instruments on the remaining three tracks again. And then they would bounce all those down. And the end result is that the sounds just kind of squished together mm. in a way that today, you know, in modern studios, they wouldn't like that. They would like to have it all separated. They control everything. And it all is just like very sparse and fills the, fills the entire space. But the flip side of it is that when you do all of the bouncing down to a single track and all these instruments get layered on top of each other, it does have this just real punch to it and everything. It's like a sheen and a punch. And like you hear that in the guitars on like that song, Getting Better from Sgt. Peppers, where it just like kind of just hits you. It's very narrowly focused. 
I don't know that song. But it has a she. It's a great song. You should listen to it. Um, That's why this podcast can keep going for months and years. <laughs> or at least 13 more episodes. Well, I guess 11 more episodes or 12. I don't know. Anyway, thoughts? This, I guess we, yeah. it, it seems like everybody's on board with this song. This was Sour Truffle, one, one of my favorite Beatles songs, actually. In fact, I mean, but again, I think it's a very unpopular favorite once more. I'm, I'm surprised, actually, to hear so much enthusiasm in the room for it. Well, I think in general, Jeff... Jeff just assumes that I will make the wrong choice when it comes to liking or not Why liking you say that? certain things. Because we, I, you, I think you've wow. always been, uh, you sort of always been like. Uh, wow, you're gonna have to unpack that for all our listeners. I, I think like you, you sort of have always taken. I think what the like would be the critically approved stance that like John Lennon is great, Paul McCartney's more of a lightweight. Whereas I've kind oh, of been. I don't been, know. I don't know about that. All right. I don't think I'll agree. I'm, I'm not sure I even agree with that. I, Has anyone that's else good to called hear. him a Muppet or is that my original I think you assessment? That. Okay. Trademark Thank you. that. Thank you. I bet you get more hits for Ringo and Muppet than any <laughs> yeah, others in Muppet. That's probably true. I think, you know, I'm, I've always been a Paul McCartney defender. Not to say that, like, I agree. Yes, I've come around post high school to the idea that, like, John Lennon is, is the true artistic genius here. He's the one who, who really made it all happen. But he had this other guy with him who was also a genius in his own right. Uh, more of a musical genius rather than artistic genius. So they had different skills. One of them may be greater in the grand scheme of world historical figures and art, but this other guy is no slouch and has done some pretty amazing stuff. As I put it to Katrina last time. You could time, be talking about any two Beatles right now, which is cool. It's like these guys are pretty Come good. They're going to go please. pretty far. What? First of all, I like Ringo as much as, you know. Well, he could be like the the, you know, you're describing somebody who is like a, a well-known figure in the world and somebody else who's pretty good. He could be maybe the pretty good one. Anyway, I think he's a pretty good drummer. And he, he, has, a a, drummer. he has a smooth lady killing baritone, which I would love to have. I like his voice. Yeah. Yeah. Raja defended his voice last time. Sure. I can't believe you didn't like it. It's It has such a, a full, rich sound. It's really great. It's the most unique that, voice of yeah. them all. Well, the only song I know to be a Ringo song at this point is uh, Don't Pass Me By. Right. Fair. So Terrible that's song. all I've got. My to pick work for off. the single worst uh, song on the whole. <laughs> We're in album. agreement on that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but you take a song like Yellow Submarine, it's beautiful. Great song. The others were too embarrassed to sing it, I think, but he's a great choice for it. And that one is your probably your canonical, like campfire Beatles sure. type thing. Right? My two and a half year old niece sings it regularly throughout the house. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. So Savoy Truffle, good song. Two thumbs up. George Harrison does it again. I should have just guessed him for every song. This, I actually really, I, I object generally to horns in rock music, but I think that the horns on the song, the brass section sounds pretty cool. It's not like what I would call a clean recording, probably for all the reasons that Raja just mentioned. Maybe it was recorded over a hundred times or whatever. But anyway, I think it sounds really good with the guitars in the, in the track. So usually I think that there's, you're skating on thin ice if you invite, for example, some saxophones into your, your rock style music. But here, I think it's great. Where do you stand on David Bowie? In general? I mean, he has a lot of horns and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I like David Bowie a lot. So There you go. All right. I would like to say... Um... What, what do you mean, there you go? I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like QED of what? I mean, like, I horns. like David Bowie. So it's fine like... to have horns. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of horns, last time you said... Oh, there's horns in this song. It's very Paul McCartney. And I think I started to associate him with horns. Obviously, I've chosen some songs here to be Lennon songs with horns. But in my mind, there was a sort of a spectrum of like 
stripped down music and George Harrison was the most stripped down, just like a tar and a beetle singing, you know? I think that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, and so that that's why another reason why Savoy Truffle is so surprising to me. We were probably talking about Martha, my dear, I think at that point. We were. All right, next up is Cry Baby Cry. Cry Baby Cry Make your mother sigh Old enough to know better What are your thoughts? I have so many thoughts. First of all, I'm not really good at recognizing what instrument is what, despite being so good at identifying which beetle is which. Um, (laughs) Is that an accordion at the beginning? Well, I don't know. We might have to. Is it possible to roll the tape back? Let's take a quick sound. Let's listen one. Maybe. Or a kazoo. My guess is that it's some sort of piano type, like synthesizer instrument that's made to sound like an accordion. But okay. I don't it actually know. It sounds like an accordion, though. Yeah. It sounds a little bit too clean. Like the volume is too consistent, hmm. I think. But who knows? We should find out. All okay, right. Who so do you think this was? First of all, I really like this song. It okay. was a yes exclamation point. Oh. It could even like go into number one jam territory. Um, I'm worried about my guess. Oh. But my guess is Lennon. And I guess I'm, is correct. Yes. Back on board. <laughs> she I, still got it. <laughs> I know the Beatles, at least one. Uh, my reasoning was that I thought this song was also a little Bowie-ish. I think the lyrics are weird and trippy. It's too weird for McCartney. I wrote, I hope it's not shapeshifter McCartney overstepping into Lennon territory. Did you literally write, I hope it's not shapeshifter McCartney overstepping into Lennon territory? I I wrote that except for without the overstepping part. Okay. Yeah. But like I was questioning it just because, again, last time disc one threw everything into question. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're dealing with a shapeshifter, there's like, no, you can't. It's like Beat Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this song is pretty great. Um, yeah. I used to be super into it. And now I'm just into it. Okay. It's pretty good. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, um, I think that there though there's a very similar uh, track on disc one, which I maybe prefer even more. Which is? Well, I was wondering if Katrina could guess. But... Oh, let me review my notes. Uh, huh. By Lennon? Yeah, maybe it's just me. It could just be me thinking this. I'm going to say I'm so tired. Roger's right. Interesting. I mean... Because it's very story-based. So so Walter Raleigh versus the the Duchess of We don't often necessarily get that sort of like... uh, Little vignettes. uh, I was going to use just that word. Um, But I think like he, he writes well in that format. Good vignettes. I'm a lot more interested in listening to those vignettes than Paul's. Sorry, Paul. But... I'm sure um, he's going to be heartbroken when he <laughs> when he hears this. <laughs> I should say I don't mean it that way. I still like his vignettes too, but whatever. Well, like I Rocky mean, Raccoon, like his, he prefers the. That's a great example of something that I think is uh, a story that I could do without. Goes it. nowhere. Agree, yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. I should say that when I listen to songs, like the last thing to fall into place is what the lyrics are actually talking about. Like there are many songs where I know all the words to the song, I sing along and I don't actually like put them together to think about what the song's about. So both of all of these things you just talked about didn't really occur to me that like, I'm so tired. Maybe on the next 30 listens. It yeah, sounds like it takes you're really a while. putting in some good hours now. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I'm hoping to move on to something else soon because as I mentioned to you guys, like these songs sort of took over in my brain and they were just all in my head. And again, like I knew all the words there in my head. Or I knew many of the words, but I didn't put together like what they were talking about. Savoy truffle. I was embarrassed to say this before. I didn't realize it was about desserts. That was just like random shout It's easy to miss to that because and... why would you assume that they would write a song about desserts? I thought everything's like a drug thing. Like it's a veiled drug term. It could be both. Yeah. This song, yeah, I like the fact that like the piano in the song, it actually sounds a little bit like the Sexy Sadie piano sound. It's like yeah. Uh, it's yeah. really good stuff. Yeah, I wrote that the style was soulful. Hmm. Soulful, interesting. Next up is Revolution 9. We will not listen to the whole thing. <laughs> And you said you already know who wrote the song. I knew ahead of time, yeah. And we don't actually hear much Number of nine. a person nine. saying stuff, Number if I recall. Nine. One of the Beatles, Number that is. Nine. Like, for example, this is not one of the Beatles. Oh, it isn't. Number nine. I mean, I'm just Number going nine. out on a limb. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. What if we just have this going while we discuss <laughs> the song? <laughs> Seems like a reasonable thing to do. Um, so you already said you knew that this was a John Lennon composition. Yeah, because before this whole Beatles thing happened for me, I happened to hear Number Nine Dream, which is a solo song from John Lennon. And I didn't know it was him. I actually thought it was Sean Lennon for a while. Um, but I looked it up and it was like, John Lennon likes the number nine. Mm. And then I think they mentioned Revolution Nine. I also like, I know it's the weird one of the most weird songs if you can even call it a song and uh, I think that's a Lennon thing weirdly it actually grew on me and I don't mind listening to it and there's a part of it that I really like and I'll stick with the song just to get to that part and that part is at six minutes and 45 seconds all right so I'll stick with the song to get to this like two line thing that I really like and I don't know it, it weirdly grew on me even though the Watusi. The twist. The Watusi part. The twist, yes. Yes. The Watusi. Is this where they're, like, they're calling out dance moves? Is the that what's going on? The twist. <laughs> yeah. the I, I missed that. It's so good. And it's just like, I think I quote saying that to myself several times, even though it's not even singing. Um, so, yeah. It sounds like this doesn't make your top three. It's like, project. it's definitely not easy for the listener sure i don't object to i mean I, so as i think you know as you intimated it's not really a song it's more like in the sound art genre which i guess certainly existed before the beatles but it's their like contribution to it I, it stands to reason that john lennon would be the one who would decide that that's something he wanted to try out i feel like it's fine it's kind of cool it's like a, a lot of it is about setting expectations like you're not coming here for a rock and roll or you know a jam necessarily yeah maybe yeah. you wouldn't play that you know, crank it up in your car or whatever, that kind of thing, you know, like singing at the stoplight. It's maybe not that kind of track, but I really like it actually. And I think that it's cool that they use some of the space on one of their uh, LPs to put that kind of thing out there and make like millions of people listen to it. I think that's pretty cool too. But I actually, I've like Katrina, I've heard this enough times that I actually enjoy listening to it, like not as a chore or like something I feel like I should. I just actually just like it. Yeah. And they not only took up some space on their album, but I believe it's like eight or nine minutes long. Like a lot of space. Yeah, a lot of That's space. like four Savoy truffles. It's definitely <laughs> not four times as good as as that aforementioned number one jam. But it's, it's I don't know if I'm going to say it's good. 
However, I do enjoy <laughs> listening to it, and it's definitely not boring. I would call it like an interesting intermission from the rest of the album. Which is only like can, one more song. You can take a breather. Yeah, it should have. It could have been between the two discs, really. It is crazy, well, that though. That would be quite, I mean, that would have been a manufacturing uh, issue, I guess. Like, <laughs> a conundrum. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been very innovative. But I agree That's with you. That's true. Um, if you compare the length of it to something like Wild Honey Pie, it's actually like 30 Wild Honey Pies, I think. <laughs> yeah. Although if you heard the Pixies cover of Wild Honey Pie, I think it totally redeems that well, I should track. check that out. Yeah, you should check it out. I didn't even know you could cover it. I mean, like their cover like, takes the the kernel of a thing that's good about it, which is kind of just this unhinged craziness, and that becomes the whole thing. I think it's good. I will say I make I keep a running list of songs that I would like to learn how to play or create interesting covers that of. That one is not on guitar. it. Wild Honey Pie oh. is, is on it. <laughs> okay, cool. For whatever reason, I was listening to it, and I was just like, I feel like I can imagine that kind of rocking version of this with a electric guitar and not much else. The Pixies beat you to it. They beat but me to it. It validates your idea. But it's also like, when I listened to it next, I was like, I have no idea what I was thinking. Like, Well, they, it doesn't just involve electric guitar, actually, in their case. It also involves a lot of screaming. I mm. think it works pretty well. All right. Um, I just wanted to read my original note on this song, <laughs> okay. which has not changed. It's, um, this song sounds like what I imagine A Clockwork Orange is like watching. <laughs> I haven't seen that never movie. Watched. Okay. <laughs> it seems too scary. Um, uh, look out for that podcast coming yeah, soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where we re- recap a clockwork. <laughs> oh, we're so bad at naming these things. Um, what's the tally, by the way? Where are we at? We have one song left to go. Yeah. Okay. Seems like this might have been a little tougher than disc one. Seven out of 12 right okay. now. Okay. Correct. All right. Okay. So you're, you're, you're going to finish, yeah. finish above 50% no matter what. Yeah. This was tough. I mean... There's four Beatles, like, so that's not bad. Yeah. I feel like when I was wrong on the first disc, I was really wrong. And this time, I was... Okay, I was really wrong again a couple times. But you were but, wrong for a handful of very understandable reasons, which you uh, explained pretty succinctly even. Yeah, and all of these are like Beatle-adjacent wrongnesses. Like, like if there were a third disc of the White Album, I think you'd do quite well. And there isn't. I'm but not there so are. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for episode three, four, and five on all the other Beatles albums that... Well, I mean, you got worse between disc one and disc two. On the other hand, I think it is a harder disc. I think disc two is really hard. But the White Album is way easier to do this with than any of the Beatles albums that preceded it, I think. Really? What do you mean? I don't know. Try doing this with Rubber Soul. I think it's a lot harder. The songs all sound more similar to one another. That's true. Um, Is that a challenge? Well... Tune in next week. (laughs) Yeah. Find out later. Well, let's go to our final song first. Okay. We can talk about what comes next. This is Good Night. Oh, we got a long little intro here. It's okay. I think I, I have a guess as to what Katrina thought this one was. I'm already worried about my guess. I'm guessing you thought this was Paul. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you're wrong. All right. I, well, first of all, I like this song a lot. It yeah, grew on me. Really? Okay. At first, I thought it was like a joke and weird. I mean, I still think it sort of sounds like a kid's song, um, but I really like it. And yeah, it's super weird, though. Like, thinks it weird? Doesn't it sound like it's uh, like an, I don't know, an MGM Grand Studios kind of thing? Yeah, but like that's not what normal Beatles <laughs> like, there's songs weird sound about like. That. It's not what the kind of thing you put on a rock and roll album typically. It's some sure. sort of sinister. Like it's supposed oh, to sound really? sweet, but it's like we're gonna pretend like we're singing to kids. Really? Sinister? No. Now when he's like when he whispers at the end, I mean I can see how that yeah. might be off putting to some. Yeah. Or really great for ASMR types, uh, who <laughs> like hearing strange sounds close up in their ear ears. But I feel like it's a totally genuinely expressed sentiment. But in a way, this is perhaps maybe depends on who you think is delivering the message. Yeah. Which gets us to your guess. Mm. Let's hear so, it. I think it's Lennon, and now I'm really worried about it. Um, but it's whoever's singing has like a crazy thick accent. They might be putting it on, like making it more extreme. But I think it's like a velvety voice. I called it like a crooner. <laughs> um, I'm worried now that it's Ringo because like you guys just said he had a baritone. But it's such a pretty voice. I wouldn't give Ringo credit for that. But then you also just <laughs> said he has an amazing baritone. Mind you, I don't even know what a baritone is, like to my I think ears. There's good, good but reason for your it's, particular line of concern. Yeah, it's like a deep voice, and I thought maybe Lennon was like shape shifting himself into a deeper voice. It is a Ringo song. Wow, or rather, it's sung by Ringo. Okay, not written by him. Okay. Oh, I, I really better. sucked on disc two. You know, and what? I thought so hard about all of these. There's some tough ones. In here. <laughs> you did yeah. think very, very hard about. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> I That's mean, been established. <laughs> I really tried. Wow, less than 50%. But you like the song. I like the song. Yeah, and that makes me think better of Ringo, which is good. Hmm. And also, it was weird. I only guessed um, Lennon and McCartney for this disc, which felt wrong. But I, I kept trying to like slot Harrison or Ringo into a song, and I just couldn't figure out what. Hmm. And mind you, like for Ringo, all I had was Don't Pass Me By, which I feel like you can't even hear his... Uh, beautiful baritone, which I, has now been revealed to me. I was going to say, I think like, I don't think there's any albums which don't have at least one George song on them. As far as Ringo, you know, he didn't write many songs, but they tried to give him one, like Yellow Submarine or I this song. I knew that, but I knew he would get like, a handout per album yeah. but I thought I didn't know if it was per disc right that's a good question and I was just trying to think like are there albums where he doesn't appear at all for example is he on Sgt. Peppers he is he's on With a Little Help from My Friends yeah um, one of his finer performances spoilers. in my opinion sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. just that's forget okay. you heard that okay alright so you ended up at 7 out of 13 on this one Ele I'm recounting I'm doing a recount 5, 6, 7 yeah Seven oh, so better than 50%. And yeah, disc one, you were, once again, you were 11 out of 16, or was it a 12 out of 17, or 11 out of 17? 11 out of 17. 11 out of 17. All right, so altogether, you were 18 out of 30. 30. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really, I think it's not bad. I mean, like... If you're coming in cold, yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard. Like, it came in very cold. I was saying, like, obviously, very cold, you know, now... Yeah. It yeah. All, Hypothermia called. Even with some sort of like uh, misleading rumors, I think. That's, that's right. That's part of what was giving you trouble here. And this is sort of like an unsupervised learning task too, basically. You're you're trying to group these things and more data might help, but not as much as if you had a good, you know, a few examples. Although I will say like it became a supervised learning task after disc one. Right. Yeah. You learn these and like, well, so which ones did you change your answer on and- 
I was just looking those, at that. Yeah, how many of those were actually correct? So I changed my answer on Mother Nature's Son, Helter Skelter, Honey Pie, and Savoy Truffle. And three out of those four were right after I changed them. Oh, and good. the one that was wrong was Savoy Truffle. And I changed it from McCartney. So like Harrison was nowhere. You changed it from seen. McCartney to Lennon, which is moving yeah. in the right direction. Yeah. Right. So now, so all, again, all of my- learning here, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of my disc two mistakes, ooh, except for Good Night, were adjacent Beatles on my little like Ringo McCartney Same Lennon, that you've now discarded. Sure. which I discarded, but like I think there's still some truth to it. I think there's some. I think there's some something to it. I would say I would exchange Harrison and Lennon on your scale to put make Harrison more neutral and Lennon the most extreme in that direction. But now I'm thinking Ringo should be the most extreme on the like deep voice. He is. Spectrum. He's definitely the most distinctive. Yeah. He's he shouldn't be the most tinny high pitched person which But is he like, is the most exactly muppety. Wrong. Yes. Muppety in terms of character <laughs> personality but not in terms of how like pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, the Beatles are complicated. Maybe we need more than one dimension to classify them. <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> well, I did break them into multiple dimensions in my new framework which was mostly just like everyone's a shapeshifter no one can be trusted and paul mccartney's schmaltzy and george harrison i like took away a lot of credit that i had given him before which is sad it was the piggies thing the piggies thing broke me i just can't say how proud i am that we ended up here after a year and a half ago first discovering the three of us that katrina had never heard the white album or much of any beatles and then even three weeks ago after that fateful text which i have printed out once again and have in front of me here (laughs) The listeners can't see it. For posterity, but, if, they, yeah. if you missed episode one, it says <laughs> Katrina Sostek, Friday, 10.58 a.m. I listened to the White Album for the first time in my life last night. I mean, wow. Okay, Beatles, I get it. You're talented. Damn. I'm now playing a game where I guess who is singing each song. I continue to have trouble telling them apart. And then I offered some ideas and you asked for no hints. Um, <laughs> yeah, good time. So I feel like, journey. you know, good job all around. Yeah. At least for participating in the process, if not for successfully guessing all the songs. <laughs> 18 out of 30. It's not bad. Do you guys think I've mastered the Beatles at this point and I should stop? <laughs> I'm not Go sure on. what to say to that. Huh? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so now what are your thoughts? First of all, have you been listening to other discs during this, these last couple of weeks? You've listened I, to this one 30 times. Yeah, that's right. I listened to Abbey Road a bit. I actually, so what happened was I first listened to Abbey Road and then I looked up the Wikipedia entry on it and I saw briefly who sang each song. And then Mm. when I listened to the White Album after that, I was like, oh, I should guess. So for Abbey Road, I did listen to it over a couple of times and especially like some of those super winning George Harrison songs on there um, just because I like them. Most improved, yeah. So good, yeah. And so I sort of remember some of who sang what on that album but I didn't like listen to it a ton. Have you listened to Sgt. Pepper's? I haven't. Club Band? Although I, that's the one that we had in my house when I was growing up. And so I definitely listened to it at the time. Okay. But knowing, you don't really know who sang those songs. Knowing nothing about it. Yeah. That album is, that that's full of number one jams. Their outfits, I cannot get over. You like them or you don't like them? They're very bright. They're very bright. <laughs> no one would disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did they wear those in concert? Sounds like this might be a discussion for the Sgt. Pepper's <laughs> episode. Yeah, uh, but Happiness here's is the thing. Mic. I just want to know everything about the Beatles now. And you're not sure you can hold off on our recording. Wait for our recording. I schedule. mean, I think I can, but I just feel like 
I don't want to say I want the, way. like, Rosetta Stone. You know, I want to know more about each one and what they're capable of. I still don't know who plays what instruments, if they all even do play instruments, other than their voices. It's not a Backstreet Boy situation. Yeah, like, I assume <laughs> they all play guitars, but I don't know. Um, and so I just, I don't know if it's, like, a fool's errand to, like, continue to try to guess each Beatle for each song without knowing. Like, I don't know if I can learn what I need to know just by guessing and then finding out where I went wrong. Weeks later. Yeah, as opposed to just going to the source. I don't know what the source is, but something like... Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> um, I think, you know... It's an internal struggle I've been I having. certainly don't want to stand in your way, even if it comes at the expense of podcast success. <laughs> um, so you should do what you feel. One option is for you to just follow your heart in your Beatles journey and we could still check in from time to time. Um, yeah. I mean, I cherish these moments of listening to something for the first time that apparently everyone else in at least North America has heard of. A Canadian told me that th this past week. He was like, everyone in North America knows everything about the Beatles, except wow. for apparently you. And I was like, <laughs> I'm glad he's in North America <laughs> because he's Canadian. <laughs> um but I cherish these moments of like. I think they're fairly hearing... well known in England too. I I thought I've been reliving that phrase. <laughs> I don't know about other parts of Great Britain, but I think England. I wasn't well actually mad when he said it. Like I'm used to that kind of thing by now. But just the fact that he was so specific about North America, I too was like, I. I think Canadians spend a lot of time talking about North America yeah. or finding ways to qualify right who they are, forgetting where they are. England. Yeah. I bet they're more popular in England than Mexico. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, for sure. Yeah, but um, but I do. I really enjoy like hearing something for the first time, and even being so ignorant that I could guess. Um, Harrison sings a song that's actually McCartney, or vice versa. So I would not mind continuing to record my thoughts in some way. All right. Any final thoughts from you, Jeff? Well, I was wondering what like music Katrina is really into that you might be very ignorant of, and we could have you do a similar task. Uh, does such a thing exist? Weird Jessica Pratt indie things that know... I've heard of. Well, but some bands I like, it's always the same singer, so you can't guess who the singer is. Mm. It doesn't always have to be about guessing the singer. There's other things that can happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel the need to like have any payback. <laughs> That's what somebody says right before they stab you. In the <laughs> I definitely feel like we're being played out. Um, Rogers, Rogers turned on good night. <laughs> well, you know, we may or may not have future episodes for you, but stay tuned to this space. I'm Rajah Shah. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you. For submitting yourself to this. Thanks, Jeff, for being here. For oh, thank you for having me. And um, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.